0: I want you to take your Bibles tonight, once again, and I want you to turn to Exodus chapter number 33 in your Bibles, and I want to sort of bring a part two of what I preached on uh, Wednesday. If you were here Wednesday, we talked about uh, will we be able to see the face of God, and I told you that if you come back today, that I would tell you how you can see the Lord, and I'm going to do that tonight, and so Exodus chapter 33, I've got verses Uh, 18 through 23 on the screen, but we're going to read a little more than that tonight, if that's all right. And so if you're able to stand tonight, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. And I'm going to start in verse number eight, and we'll read down through verse number 23, a little bit more than we normally would, but I'll read it quickly, and you follow along with me, if you will. And what an amazing scripture this is, Exodus 33 and verse number eight. And it came to pass, when Moses went out under the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. Man, now I'm not preaching on this tonight, church, but would y'all mind if I just pay tribute to it real quickly? Verse number eight, notice that Moses goes to the tabernacle and the Bible says, and the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. You know, I read that this week and I thought, you know, I'm I'm pretty convinced when you go to the tabernacle, people are watching. Your neighbors are watching. They know when your car's gone. They see your car leave. And by the way, they know where you're headed on Sunday. And so they're watching. When you go to God's house, they're watching. And that's what I I noticed that. Look at verse number nine. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh, Unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast, uh, hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me thy way. Now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For therein, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight, is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I'm gonna be honest with you, church. Uh, As I read this this week, in my opinion, in verse number 18, this conversation takes a a whole new level. And Moses says in verse number 18, And he said, I beseech thee, I beg thee, show me thy glory. And he said, The Lord, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in the cliff to the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. You may be seated tonight. And I want to talk to you about this subject, how God chose himself. And I am, boy, I'm convinced that, especially after the service and some things that transpired after the service this morning, I'm convinced that... uh, we were on course this morning without a shadow of a doubt. I'm also convinced we're on course tonight and uh, that there's a reason that God had me preach what I preached this morning. And there's a definite reason that I'm preaching what I'm preaching tonight. In fact, uh, just not bad things necessarily, but just some things that transpired after the service. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, man, they just, they just fueled my fire for the message that I want to give you tonight. How God shows Himself. And so let's, I'll try not to be lengthy. Let's pray and we'll jump right into it tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and thank you for the opportunity to be back together as a church family. Lord, thank you for the wonderful music. Lord, the choir, the specials, the musicians. Lord, the congregational singing. Oh, Lord, it has been so great today. Lord, the fellowship has been, it's just been so beneficial. And Father, this whole day has been great. We just praise you for it. Now, Lord, as we close the service with a few moments of preaching, teaching, I pray that you'll knit our hearts together and, Father, help us to learn something that would help us to Uh, be better Christians for you. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit and I pray that you'd give your people fullness of the Spirit as well. And so, Lord, please, please, please help us. Help us now, I pray. Uh, Please, Lord, help us. Please help us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. And so there are those who claim that they would believe if only God would just show himself. I would believe if I could just see. But the truth of the matter is, Calvary, uh, we can see the Lord if we really want to see the Lord. Did you know that? Now look at your scripture and we're gonna turn away maybe a little bit from Exodus 33, but can I just encourage you to hold your place there because we're we're gonna go back there time and time again tonight but in Exodus 33, verse number 18, the Bible says, and he, talking about Moses, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And God surely answered this prayer for Moses, at least to some extent. And church, now we talked about this Wednesday, you had to sort of be in the service, but we understand that God is a spirit and God is invisible. The Bible tells us that. But even though God is a spirit, I believe this. I believe that God loves To manifest his presence in the lives of his children. And as I was preparing for Wednesday night's message, and I was as I was reading through this this, uh, passage, boy, the Lord showed me something else that was just uh, such a blessing, and I'm gonna share it with you tonight. And so here in this Old Testament passage and In Exodus chapter 33, we notice that God showed himself to Moses and the children of Israel in several ways. What's really, really interesting about this uh, Old Testament story, and sometimes people say, we don't need the Old Testament anymore, and I I just wanna say, leave my Old Testament alone, amen. Uh, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and and, uh, is profitable. Uh, But we notice that what's interesting about this story is the way or the ways that the Lord showed himself to moses and the children of israel he is still showing himself in the same exact ways and i think i'm going to show you show you that tonight and so you say pastor what in the world are you talking about well how about this number one we notice that god showed himself in the cloud did y'all see that Now look at your scripture now, Exodus chapter 33, and look at verse number nine. We read this a moment ago, verse nine. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, notice this, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses, verse 10, and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. Now, this cloud, yes, was supernatural, but I notice here in this passage that God used a thing of nature, a cloud in this circumstance, a cloud to show himself to man. Now, Calvary, the the reality is God still manifests himself in the same fashion to this day and time. He shows himself through creation. He shows himself through nature. It's what we call natural theology, natural theology. In other words, if you look closely, you'll see God clearly in nature. The Bible says in Psalm 19, verse number one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firstborn, Now, again, I want you to hold your place at Exodus 33, but I do want you to turn to a place or two tonight. Turn over with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And and, and I want to show you, when Paul was uh, writing this letter to the Romans... Notice what he says in Romans chapter one and verse number 19, how we see the Lord in creation, how we see the Lord in nature. Romans one and verse number 19, the Bible says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Now, would you read the next line with me, ready? For God hath showed it unto them. Now that's what we're talking about tonight, how God shows himself, how you can see God. And the Bible's very clear in Romans chapter 1, verse number 19, that God manifests himself and God shows himself unto man. Now look at verse 20. The Bible says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. I've got those two words underlined in my outline, clearly Seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other other words, what the Bible is saying this, in all reality, uh, if you look at creation, if you look at creation, there's no way that you can step back from looking at God's creation and say that there's not a God. There's no way. When you look at creation, when you look at nature, and you're honest, You have to step back and say, that's God right there. I see the Lord. Somebody said it like this. Somebody said he came when there was nowhere to come from. And coming from nowhere, he stood on nothing. And the reason he had to stand on nothing was there was nowhere for him to stand. And standing on nothing, he reached out where there was nowhere to reach and caught something when there was nothing to catch and hung something on nothing and told it to stay there. The same God that's able to turn nothing into something is the same God that's able to take a good for nothing nobody and turn them into somebody to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. (laughs) <laughs> amen you say preacher what was that you have to watch the live stream amen to get that again now now, I said that to say this you know what's really really sad in 2022 is that although God is so visible in this day and time there are people who try to put their trust not in God but they put their trust in evolution you know what evolution says don't you evolution says first I was on me but when I began to begin Then it was a tadpole, my tail tucked in. Then it was a monkey in a coconut tree and now I'm a professor with a PhD, amen. (laughs) That's evolution in in a nutshell. You've heard me say this before, four false facts, four false facts that make absolutely no sense. Fact number one is books write themselves without the need of an author. Fact number two, cars build themselves without the need of a manufacturer. Fact number three, music composes itself into beautiful harmonies without the need of a composer. You say, preacher, that is silly, you're right. However, there are countless university lecturers and professors that are paid big dollars to promote fact number four, which says the whole universe came into being through a process of random chance and beneficial mutations without any need of a designer. I'm just telling you, man, when you turn around and look at what God has done and you look at creation and you look at nature, you know what? It makes you see God. It makes you know there has to be a God. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 8, verse number 3, when I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast Ordained In Psalm chapter 8, verse number six, the Bible says, Thou madeest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. And then the psalmist said this in verse number nine, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Now, you know what the psalmist was saying when I turn around and I look at all that God has created it makes me step back and say, man, what a God, what a designer, what a creator. Listen, you would have to be brain dead to look at all that we see and say there's not a God. Amen. Man, some of, these, some of these so-called professors and scholars and I know they have enough degrees after their name, you know, uh, to, to look like a thermometer and yet they wanna to try to tell us that there's not a God. Hey kids, you be kind and you be Christ-like, but I'm telling you, when they try to teach you this, this evolution theory in school, I'm telling you, it's not true, it's false, it's heresy, it's not right. There is a God and when we look at creation, we see him every single day. Did you know that you can see God? through the creation of the human body. Now we have, again, I said this this morning, we have medical folks here tonight. I'm gonna tell you some church. You say, Pastor, can I come and argue and debate with you about if God exists? You might as well go on out here in the field with a Holstein cow or something. I mean, you, you, you don't have any hope of me. And you say, preacher, I think, I think I can convince you there's not a God. I'm just telling you, you might as well debate with the chair down here. You're not convincing me there's not a God. You say, but pastor, how can you be so sure that there's a God? Just looking at you. Just looking at you. Well, you know what that tells me? God has a sense of humor, amen, amen, Yeah. no. You can see creation through, you can see God through the creation of the human body. You know what the psalmist said in Psalm 139 and verse number 14? The psalmist said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then he said, This marvelous are thy works. What an amazing creation the body is. It's amazing. How can somebody look at the human body and question whether there's a God? 263 different bones, 600 different muscles, 970 miles of blood vessels, 400 cups on your tongue for taste, 10,000 nerves, 10 million, I'm sorry, 10 million, 10 million nerves and branches, 40 miles of sweat tubes throughout your body, lungs that inhale 2,400 gallons of air every day, a heart that beats 4,200 times an hour, And pumps 12 tons of blood through your body every single day. An eye that somehow can compute 80,000 items per second. Your eyeball. Somehow takes in 80,000 items per second. And puts it into your brain. And somehow your brain sorts it all out. And you wanna try to tell me there's not a God. (laughs) Man, there's not even a chance. Uh, You say, preacher, are you sure there's a God? Listen to this article. This goes, Brother Lyndon, this is our conversation we were having just the other night. A human being has about 100 billion brain cells. Although different neurons fire at different speeds as a rough estimate, it's reasonable to estimate that a neuron can fire about once every five milliseconds, or about 200 times a second. The number of cells each neuron is, con- is connected to also varies, but as a rough estimate, it's reasonable to say that each neuron connects to 1,000 other neurons. So every time a neuron fires, about 1,000 other neurons get information about that firing. If we multiply all this out, we get 100 billion neurons times 200 firings per second times 1,000 connections per firing equals 20 million billion calculations per second. You say, "Preach, I don't even make any sense. I know. <laughs> you know what that means? You'll never figure him out. You see, when we look at creation, it it, it tells us there's a God, we see God. You know, I I was just thinking this week, we see God every time a newborn baby searches for his mama. (laughs) Can somebody explain that for me? How can a baby, how, how can an infant be birthed into the world and just minutes later, it's already looking for mama. Technically, it's never met her. It's never been introduced to her. Doesn't know her name. And yet that little little child in that little child's mind, it knows. Yes. It knows who its mother is. It knows where its sustenance comes from. It knows if it's going to live, it's got to get to mama because mama has what that baby needs. I got chills just talking about it. That that baby knows that that mama has what it needs to survive. You say, preacher, how? I'll tell you how. There's a God. That's how. There is a God. Yes, and when we look at creation, we see this wonderful God. You say, preacher, how do, how do you know? How do you know there's a God? Well, let me tell you what you can do. You can just drive down four hours, four and a half hours, whatever it takes you. You can go down here to the Atlantic Ocean, and you can see God clearly. And when you walk down there to the the ocean, walk down there to the beach and those waves are rolling in and when it stops, you know why it stops? God told it to stop. You said, preacher, why does the ocean just come to a certain point and it just stays right there? Because God Almighty said, stop. Hey, listen to Proverbs 8, verse number 29. When he gave to the, to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. Job 38, 8. Or who shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth as if it had issued out of the womb. Job 38, 11. And said, hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud ways be stayed. You say, preacher, every once in a while though, man, We have a hurricane or something like that. Man, it just comes in and just floods everything. What's that about? God says, come. That's exactly what's going on. It's all these other days when everything's going great. You know what that is? That's God saying, stay there. Stay there. If I need you to come further, I'll let you know. And so someone says, Pastor, boy, I would, I'd like to see the Lord in this day and time in which we're living. Well, you can. Number one, we notice that God showed himself in the cloud. And every time you go out and look at creation and look at nature, just take a little time and just praise the Lord. Because you see God in creation. But number two, there's something else we see here. Number two, we notice that God showed himself in his word. Now look back at your scripture again, Exodus 33. And look at verse number nine. Exodus 33, verse number nine. Interesting, the Bible says in verse nine, and it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy uh, pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. Look at this. And the Lord talked with Moses. Look down at verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And church, don't take this wrong, but This week I had a conversation with God face to face. You said, Preacher, you saw God face to face. I did. He spoke to me face to face. In fact, it happened every day. Every single day when I got up and I cracked this book open and man, I began to read these glorious words and read these pages. You know what that was? That was God. (laughs) You said, Preacher, you've seen God. I sure have. I see him right here. And every day we have fellowship. You see, God shows himself to us through his word. Which, by the way, is exactly... Have you, ever, have, you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why people are so vehement about destroying the Bible? Why are there some people that are just so bent on doing away with the word of God? I mean... Why would somebody not want a Christmas carol to be sang on the uh, on the radio? Uh, why is it that people just hate the word of God? Because God is visible through his word. And by the way, church, it's also why there are so many that have done their best to destroy this book, but they have failed. Because our Bible says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now, Listen to me, church. You say, Preacher, I want to see the Lord. Can I see the Lord? You can. Every single day of your life, if you'll get up and get your Bible open and spend some time in this blessed book and read those pages, will you say, Pastor, I read it. It don't do anything for me. Well, read it again. Amen. And you say, Pastor, I read it on Monday and it just didn't move me at all. Then read it on Tuesday. And if it doesn't move you on Tuesday, read it on Wednesday and just keep on reading the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, that God is faithful and he'll show himself to you through his blessed book. Amen. And so how do we see Jesus? Well, we notice number one, they saw him through the cloud. We see him through nature. They saw the Lord through the word. And last of all tonight, we're done. Number three, but boy, boy listen to this. Number three, God showed himself in his goodness. Did y'all see that? Look look, look at your scripture. Exodus 33 and verse number 18 now again, I think the conversation goes up a notch here and, and Moses says, I beseech thee. That word beseech is, is, would be like our beg. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. In verse 19, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. People say, preacher, if there's a God, why doesn't he show himself? And I want to say, are you kidding? He shows himself every single day. You say, preacher, I not seen him. Are you breathing? If you're breathing, you've seen him. If your heart is beating, you've seen him. You see, God shows himself through his goodness. You see, our Bible tells us this. At this point, at least, we cannot see his glory and survive. But we sure see his goodness on a regular basis. And church, I want to show you something else too, and we're going to be done. Did you know one of the things I noticed about this passage was this, that if you ever begin to truly experience God's goodness, you won't be satisfied living away from it. Can I show you something really neat? Look, look back at your passage there. In Exodus 33, and verse number nine, something I think worth men, uh, mentioning here, verse number nine. And so the Bible says in verse nine, and it came to pass as Moses entered in the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man at his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Look at this. And he turned again into the camp. Moses turned again into the camp. And look what happened. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. You know what I believe happened here? I believe Joshua got to see the goodness of God secondhand and Joshua's there in the tabernacle he's the servant of Moses, he's there in the tabernacle and boy this cloudy pillar comes on the tabernacle and God Almighty begins to speak to Moses and begins to show Moses his goodness and the Bible says that a little bit later that Moses went, went went home, but the Bible says that Joshua stayed in the tabernacle you know what I believe, I believe that man he got a dose of the goodness of God and Joshua said this, I want to be where the goodness is, I don't want to go anywhere else, man I just want to stay here and experience and enjoy the goodness of the lord i found another story you don't have to turn there over matthew chapter 17 hey remember the story where the bible says that god took peter james and john they went up the mountain transfiguration and the bible says just for just for a few moments the bible says that jesus was transfigured before them and the glory of god came shining through the bible says that moses and elijah came and they had a conversation with the lord And Peter, James, and John were there, just like Joshua. You all remember that story? You know what Peter said to the Lord? Lord, it is good for us to be here. I know what let's do. Let's make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We'll just stay here on the mountain. You know what I believe? I believe Peter experienced the goodness of God. And he didn't want to get away from it. You know what I believe at Calvary Baptist Church? I believe we experience the goodness of God on a regular basis. Amen. man, if you ever get somewhere and experience the goodness of God, you're going to have a hard time getting away from it. Psalm 23 verse 6 says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And one preacher said, and every once in a while God lets them catch up. And that's the truth. If you've never read The Hiding Place, you ought to read it. I believe it's one of the most. Uh, I believe it's one of the most inspiring books that you'll ever read. Corey Ten Boom wrote The Hiding Place. She was a Jew, or not really not a Jew, but she was a. a, a her family hid Jews, and they were uh, taken to a German concentration camp, and uh, she lost part of her family. And I found this little story this week, and this is Corey Ten Boom. She said, "Often I've heard people say how good God is." We prayed that it would not rain for our church picnic and look at the lovely weather. Yes, God is good when he sends good weather. But God was also good when he allowed my sister Betsy to starve to death before my eyes in a German concentration camp. I remember one occasion when I was very discouraged there. Everything around us was dark. There was darkness in my heart. I remember telling Betsy that I I thought God had forgotten us. No, Corey, said Betsy. He's not forgotten us. Remember his word, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his love toward those that fear him. Corey concludes, there's an ocean of God's love available. There is plenty for everyone. May God grant you never to doubt that victorious love, whatever the circumstances. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying this, you won't see God? Look at his goodness. You see the Lord. You'll see. You'll see him. You'll see his goodness. You'll see the Lord. I think about that uh, story. I hadn't told it in, in, in a while. But uh, a man took his son on a long hike and they hiked to, a, to the summit of a, of a tall mountain. And when they got up there on the top of the mountain, said son, the, 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 the uh, dad said, son said, I want to teach you something about the Lord. Man, they're way up there. I mean, where the clouds were he said, son, he said, I want you to take your eyes. And he said, I want you to look this direction as far as your eyes can see. And so the little boy came over. And boy, he just peered out, you know, uh, through the, uh, the land there. And, uh, and then the, the dad said, son, he said, now I want, you to, I want you to point this way. And he said, I want you to look as far as you can look. And he said, you know what that is? He said, that's how far reaching God's love is for us. He said, Son, now, he said, I want you to look as far as you can look this way. And that little boy just strained his eyes and looked. And the dad said, Son, that's how, that's how far reaching the love of God is. He said, But, son, I want you to look this way. And he said, I want you to look as far as you can. And that little boy, boy, he was intent. He looked as far as he could. And the dad said, Son, he said, As far as you can see. That's, that's how far reaching the love of God is. And about that time, the little boy got the biggest smile on his face. And he said, Dad, you know what that means? He said, that means we're right smack dab in the center of God's amazing love. And Calvary Baptist Church, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're right smack dab in the center of God's amazing love. God's good to us. You know, you don't have to look very hard to see the Lord. You can see him in creation. You can see him in his word. And thank God you can see him in his goodness tonight. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, thank you for this uh, simple, simple little message. But Lord, thank you for reminding us that if we want to see you, we're going to have a hard time missing you. Lord, it's not that you've made it difficult to see you in this day and time. It's that people purposely try to miss the Lord. Father, can we just stop for a minute and say thank you for this wonderful, wonderful creation that you've blessed us with? Lord, can we stop and say thank you for this incredible, incredible word, the word of God that you've given to us? Lord, maybe there's somebody here this evening as we begin this brand new year. Maybe they've not been spending time in the Bible like they need to. Lord, maybe they've not been seeing you like they need to because they've not been spending time in thy book. And today, tonight, I pray that that's about to change. Lord, I know one thing. If we wanna see you, we'll see you in your goodness. God, you are so good. You are so good. Are there things that happen in our life that don't make sense to us? There are. But you're a good God. And Father, tonight I pray that we'll take some time and just praise you for your goodness and your kindness to us. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Can I ask a question or two? How many here tonight would say, Preacher, If I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would go to heaven. If you're here tonight and say, Pastor, I know I'm saved, would you slip your hand up just real quickly and uh, you can take it back down just as fast as you put it up? Is there another here tonight anywhere who would say, Pastor, if I died tonight? You know, it could be there's a visitor here tonight or uh, maybe someone's been coming now for a little while, but you say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up tonight. Is there one like that? Can I pray for you? Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you remember me? Is there one anywhere? I see that hand. I'm gonna pray. Is there another anywhere tonight? Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure to would go to heaven. Anybody else? Can I pray for you tonight? Can I pray for you? Hey, Christian. Maybe tonight during this invitation, you could just tiptoe down to this altar and say, Lord, would you help me to see you in 2022? Maybe someone needs to come down tonight and like Moses, just say, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. God, help me to see you in 2022. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you stand with us all over the house tonight? I'm gonna ask our personal workers if they'll tiptoe down to the front tonight. And uh, listen, if you're here and you have a need, we're gonna have some folks down here with a Bible. And we would love to take the Bible and show you how you can know Christ as Savior. And so I hope you'll come tonight. And uh, we'd love to pray with you this evening. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to look to you and help us to look for you. Father, work in hearts tonight. I pray for this hand that was raised. God, I pray that you would give them understanding. And Father, I pray that you would draw them to yourself. And Lord, I pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Father, help us to to trust you. Help us to see you and all that goes on. God, I pray we would help us. Lord, help help us to do this. Help us to be thankful for your goodness. God, you've been so good to us individually and you've been so good to our church. Father, help us to praise you and to give you thanks. Have your way in this invitation, please, Lord, and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.